Welcome back into another episode of The Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined alongside by Tim Hunt today, again, per usual. Tim, how you doing? Good, man. Living the dream day by day. This is only our third attempt trying to record this podcast. We're a little rusty, getting back into the swing of things here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why that's why we're putting some stuff out in the preseason here, trying to work all the kinks out and be ready by the regular season, you know? Yeah. So uh, today and going forward, the next two episodes after this one, today we're going to go over our AFC record predictions. So we're going to run through every division and every team in the AFC uh, talk about their schedule, where we feel like they're going to land at, um, who they beat, who they don't beat, and um, just kind of see how the playoff seedings are going to land. Next episode, we'll do the NFC. We'll do the same thing, run through all the teams, and all the divisions, see how we feel like they're going to land. And then in the third episode, we'll have our playoff seeding set from the first two episodes. We'll run through each matchup in the playoffs and how we feel like they're going to play out. Also, obviously run through the playoffs, give you our Super Bowl predictions and our award predictions for the regular season as well who's winning MVP, who's taking uh, defense player of the year, all those good things. So depending on how in-depth we're going to go on that third episode, we may have some time. So if you guys have any suggestions, requests, anything you want to hear in that third episode, if you really want to hear us hash out top 10 quarterbacks, we can. If you're really curious about who the top 10 uh, placeholders are in the game, I'll break the film down. You know, I'm going to tell you that it's going to be whoever's holding kicks for Baltimore this year because we have the best special teams unit in the league. But if you really want that, I'll do it. You know, I, I, I'm a man of the people. So I don't know if Tim's going to go in the, on that venture with me, but I'm willing to do the work there. Depending on depending on the subject, I'll I'll try my best. <laughs> Fair enough. I can take that as an answer. So uh, do you want to start in the AFC East? Uh, we're going to switch it up because we've talked about the AFC East too much here in the recent future. Let's, okay. uh, let's start into the AFC South. I think, okay. uh, that's a nice spicy one to grab some people's attention here. That's fair. Um, last place. I'm pretty sure we have the same team Texans. I'm going two and 15. I have the Texans at four and 13. Definitely still, uh, last in that division. Um, again, We'll, uh, I say again because we talked about them, but we haven't talked about them. We, we're going to talk about the Jets later. I like where the Texans are going. The picks that I I feel like they've unexpectedly taken a turn in the right direction. Uh, Davis Mills was a, a huge surprise last year and played extremely well. It's just a team that doesn't have a ton around them at this point. Like they've They've got the surprising quarterback who's above and way ahead of where he should or ever people ever thought he would be. The issue is, is there's not a, a great support system around him at this point. Um, they still have Laramie Tunsil on roster at left tackle. Other than that, I mean, I'm you're hard pressed to name a notable player on that offensive side of the ball at this point. Um, defensively, they took Derek Singley jr. Well, I think pick it was top 10 in the draft this year. Yeah. Word out of camp is he's playing extremely well, so the risk may have been worth it there. But again, camp and preseason is a lot different than what happens in the regular six, 17 games of a season. This so, is a team to me that's like two or three years out of being good. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's a piece or two here or there that I like, but there just isn't enough talent on this roster the way it is constructed right now to be like, wow. And they very well might win more than two games. They might be like that four, five, six range. But mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't like a lot of the things. I think this is a team that's in full rebuild mode this season. So yeah. Um, unless Davis Mills balls out, you know, this might be a team that's vying for Bryce Young at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I was like, their good news is I feel like, and I'm not going to say Davis Mills is a franchise guy going forward, but like he's much more of a franchise guy than I think anybody expected him to be at this point a year in. He's, so, he's decent. Like, yeah, he might get traded for like a fourth round pick next year or something like that. Yeah, but. I was like, the only thing is, is honestly, that could be more of a problem going forward because now you could land a top three pick and now you have to decide whether you're going to keep this guy or you're going to let him go. I don't so. think Davis Mills is to that level of like where you go, well, maybe like I don't I don't think you'll see the upside there. He he's Gardner Minshew to me. That's I that's genuinely fair. that's, that's what fair. I think he is. I'm I'm a big Gardner Minshew guy, so that's a compliment to me. So <sighs> yeah, you're too big on him, but <laughs> that's fair. I'm um, fine with that. We don't have to spend too much time on this team, but uh third in the division, I've got the Tennessee Titans going seven and ten. So I think it's off a tiebreaker. I actually have the Jags at seven and ten um, in my third spot, but I have the Titans right above them, also at seven and ten in my in my two spots. So let's talk about the Titans first. Okay. Um, just feels like a team that, to me, I feel like it's kind of overperformed, or I feel like we've seen the best out of them. I just yeah, I don't I know. It, it's a team that has played well the last two to three years, but I feel like they have the same roster and. Everybody else is getting better, and you may not have gotten that much worse, but you're not keeping up in the arms race at this point. Yeah. And if anything, I, I completely forgot what happened on draft night. You did get worse. You lost your number one target. You traded away A.J. Brown, and you drafted a guy that you're hoping can be him be just because his draft comparison was the same as A.J. Brown. Yeah, it's not like you didn't add anyone crazy uh, crazy good, and you lost your number one wide receiver. So, yeah. Um, I know Derek Carr is a monster, but like, who knows what he's going to end up looking like? Uh, you know what I mean? Another year older and, you know, another because he, he still ran for twelve hundred yards last year. You know what I mean? He's got another thousand yards on his legs. So um, it he, just, I think he feels, I think he still finished top 10 rushing yards despite missing half like, the season, half the season, which is crazy. Um, Traylon Burks is kind of an unknown too, you know, who you traded that basically traded AJ Brown for Traylon Burks. So we'll, we'll see what that ends up looking like. I just, he's not going to be AJ Brown through 17 games. Is the thing. Right. Even if he, if he can match exactly what AJ Brown does, the draft comparison is spot on and he turns into AJ Brown. I don't think you're going to see that in 17 games. And I damn sure don't think you're going to see it in the first six weeks to be able to just plug in where, you know, yeah, and I mean, I mean, they added Robert Woods back. Uh, they get Austin Hooper. They, they've got some pieces that are nice, but this isn't a team that I looked at and said, OK, this team's good enough to just kind of patch some things and get keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And running backs usually in, in recent history tells us that 27, 28 is kind of the cliff right now where you see. Production fall, especially if there's an injury. And Derrick Henry really hasn't had injury issues up until last year. And I'm not going to say he's injury prone after missing eight games in one year. Right. But the issue is, is that it kind of when it rains, it pours with running back injuries. We see the CMC didn't miss a game for five years. But God, the second he missed one, he missed he missed 25 in two years. Like, it's it's been bad. So I mean, I mean if I told you, I said, okay – you know, this team relies on a 28 year old running back coming off an injury. Would you go, wow, that team's going to be super successful this yeah, season? That's my division winner. No, yeah. it's not. It's not a sentence that's going to happen. And I think the way that they call games and how much, because 
I think it's important, and I'm not trying to take away anything that Derrick Henry does on a football field. The yardage and the pure power that this guy runs with is is insane, but it's important to remember that I won't say the only reason or a lot of the reasons, but like a big reason of why he gets so many yards every year is because he gets the ball 25 to 30 times a game and handing the ball to a guy coming off an injury 25 to 30 times a game just doesn't seem like a sound game plan that you could follow at this point. So now we're back on the age old question. Can Ryan Tannehill elevate the talent around him? And as of this point in his career, the answer has always been no. And I also think there's a chance that this team turns it over to Malik Willis at some point just to see um, if Ryan Tannehill underperforms because he's 34 years old. You know, he's not young. So, yeah, that, um, there's there's no Super Bowl window with this team right now. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, let's go over. I don't know how you want to do this because this is one of those weird divisions where we're kind of way different. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll, I'll let's talk about we can talk about. uh uh, let's talk about the Colts. You have the Colts winning the division. I do. I have them at 11 and six this year. Okay. I am finishing second in the division at eight and nine. Um, okay. Let's, let's kind of dive into them. Uh, the, the thing that I don't enjoy about the Colts, I think this is the worst set of weapons that Matt Ryan's probably ever had in his career. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the crazy part is if you look at the wide receivers or the weapons that he had in Atlanta last year, Kyle Pitts, um, Calvin Ridley. Ridley, And then, uh, gosh, Russell Gage, Russell Gage. Thank you. If I said all three of those guys, I think two out of three of those guys would be the number one wide receiver on the Colts this year. Right? Like I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Besides Russell Gage, I'd take Pittman over Russell Gage. Um, so, like, and he has after Pittman, I mean, it's pretty bare bones. There isn't a heck of a lot going on for that team. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Taylor's obviously a monster. Um, and, and the thing that's held this team back is quarterback play and a number one wide receiver. And I don't, I like, I like, uh, Matt Ryan better than I like, uh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. I, j- I just don't like the weapons that they put around him really. Yeah. It's the team that I – the way that my schedule looks, they go 8-3 and three versus teams with a losing record, 3-3 three and three versus teams with a winning record. That feels like a way that the Colts get to 11-6 and six this year. Yeah. I Because I do agree with you. Like, Matt Ryan probably has the, the best running game and the best offensive line he's ever had in his career and, and arguably probably the best defense. But your quarterback is directly correlated to the weapons around him. And it is the worst set of weapons that he's ever had in his career. So question is, is is there a guy that they drafted this year or even an undrafted free agent that can just come out of nowhere and be a two or can Matt Ryan really elevate? And I've heard some news around camp that they've kind of been playing around putting Naeem Hines in the slot and kind of getting him a lot more involved in the offense in the pass game, as well as the run game as their backup running back. So yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to what Frank Reich's able to do with, with the play sheet in his hands and if they can get super creative. Most of the time it doesn't happen. When yeah. Whenever I'm like, depends how creative they can get. Never does does a team get creative enough to really like flip a three or four game you know, win total. But I'm I'm just betting on this team being just good enough to be the four seed and like win this division. And it's more about I have the other teams losing a couple more games than you have them winning. So. Yeah. 
I and I the other thing that scares me with a team like this, they're one injury away from being in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like Jonathan Taylor gets hurt or Michael Pittman gets hurt. And I know everyone loves Zakeem Hines, but like he is what 70% of what Jonathan Taylor is. I think Pittman's a bigger injury to be honest to that team. Yeah. I think, I think they could commit cause they signed Philip Lindsay in the offseason. I think they could committee Hines and Lindsay enough to like get by. Obviously they won't match what Jonathan Taylor does by any stretch, but I think losing Pittman, I mean, I couldn't even tell you who your number one target is at that point because T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. Paris so, Campbell. Yeah. And and again, and you want to talk about a guy that deals with injuries. Who knows yeah. if he's going to be on the field? I love Paris Campbell. He doesn't stay healthy a lot of the times. So I, I do agree with you. This is this team is, is an offensive injury away from being really, really strapped. But there are still some talented guys in free agency that can they can make a move. Like Odo yeah, Beckham oh, yeah. Jr. is still free agent. T.Y. Hilton, like I just said, that's a guy that can come back in almost immediately know what he's going to do in this offense. So, But I don't think OG, OBJ is going to think about a team like the Colts. Like a team that's like if they're not competing for a Super Bowl, even if you have the Colts, like I think they could be a playoff contender. Like I think they have a shot of making the playoffs, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't even think OBJ looks at them. Genuinely. That's fair. I mean, it depends on how many looks he's getting, I guess, and, and what part of the year it's in. Yeah. It, it would have to be like the perfect, perfect scenario. Like the Colts would have to be the hottest team in football while some other teams are cooling off for him to, to have landed in that spot. And it, it probably won't work out in the long run at that point. Yeah. Um, let's talk about my division winner, uh, who you have finishing third in the yeah. division. Third, third on a tiebreaker, yeah. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I only have them going eight and nine. I just have them holding the tiebreaker over the Colts. Um, I don't think this team is amazing, but I think this team takes a big enough step with Doug Peterson and then the pieces they added uh, to be a really good team. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest add is Doug Peterson. I think for this team in the off season, um, we've we've talked plenty about the dollar amounts that are around Christian Kirk and Brandon Scherf and Foisade Lewikin on the defensive side. And we're not in love with a lot of the dollar amounts, but dollar amounts don't affect wins and losses. Yeah. Who's on the field week in, week out affects wins and losses. And Christian Kirk, Aluakin, and Brandon Scherf add wins is the bottom line. Um, I think Scherf's going to help reassure that that offensive line, give them a solid piece at left guard, which is also going to help them lean on the running game a little bit more. ETN and James Robinson are both should be healthy by week one. I do like where this team's going. I just don't. It's going to be a couple one possession games that I think they're going to end up losing, and it's going to swing them down to seven and ten where I have them at. I just I just look at this team, and we talk about like the team like the Colts, where you're like, man, I wish they had a second option, or I wish like just everywhere on this roster, I just look and I'm like, man, they got talent, they got talent, they got talent, they could be good, and I think with the right leadership and Trevor Lawrence taking that next step, I mm. think it's going to be the difference maker for them because. Here's the say whatever you want about the money they're paying these guys. Zay Jones, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk, and I'm forgetting Leviska somebody. Chenault. No, I'm no. Uh, oh, I said Marvin Jones. Yeah, yeah. So those guys, I mean, are they're maybe they're not the one on the Colts, but they're all the number two wide receiver for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you if you were to attack all the weapons from both of those offenses in, probably goes Pittman and then Probably four Jaguars. 
players honestly. before you get to another Colt. Right? Yeah, maybe then three, you- then Paris Campbell, and then two more Jags. Like it's it's pretty handedly the Jags at that point. And then you throw in Evan Ingram in there, right? Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, has had flashes of being great, but he's he's a hit or miss guy. I mean, they're a team that's perfect. They can take a risk on him. They paid him nothing, and then. Yeah. We always talk about, you know, oh, well, they're an injury away. Like, you look at this backfield, Travis Etienne is going to be a great receiver back. James Robinson is going to be a great running back. Like, they have they have enough pieces around Trevor Lawrence where I feel like if he takes a big step that they could be really, really dangerous this year. I feel like they have higher quality twos, but I feel like they're kind of in the same spot that the Patriots are offensively. Like, I feel like the quality of the twos is better in Jacksonville. The, I think the two running backs are better than what they have in New England, but that's just how much Trevor Lawrence is able to elevate because what you're banking on is you have your two running backs and you're going to get creative with ETN. James Robinson is is one of the better pure runners in the league. Um, you have Christian Kirk is hopefully going to be your one guy, and then you have like four guys, and all you need is one of them to be decent, and you're yeah. living. like. I know it's hard to say Christian Kirk's a one because he's probably not, but I mean, he almost caught a thousand yard thousand yards worth of receiving last year. Like he was at nine, nine eighty two. Yeah. Like, he was the second option in that off, if not the third option in that Arizona offense. And and you say they're times. like the Patriots. If you put Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk on the Patriots, they're immediately the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah, I like, would agree. I think all four of the Jags guys are better than, than Devonte Parker and the rest of the Patriots. Yeah. But I think that's truly what Trevor Lawrence does is he elevates. I think he's going to be able to elevate those guys around him. Yeah. I just, I think the schedule just doesn't shake for him. They play the AFC West this year, um, which is, I mean, that's a, you're, you're that's walking tough. into an O and four start probably there. If, if yeah. not a one and three start. So, it's just it's not going to be a fun schedule for them to play. But I do again. I think we've we've said that. I think I've already said it two times. I'm going to say it again about the Jets. I like where they're headed. I think they're just a year out from where from and, where you have them. At. And yeah, and I think the Jags maybe they make the playoffs this year, and then next year they become a legit team that people are scared of. So yeah. I I could very well see that too. I'm curious to see how much of the money that they spent in this offseason is going to haunt them because I feel like they put themselves in a good spot, but I think it may limit them going forward of who they're out, who else they're going to be able to add. I feel like they may have capped their talent level. We'll see what happens. I don't think they're in that big of trouble. I mean, they have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Anything's possible. I was about to say, and even if they overpaid for Christian Kirk, like, I mean, I don't know how much that money's guaranteed or, you know, I, I, and I, I think, I honestly think the other two guys are going to be worth the money. Like it's, it's probably a little high, but for Jacksonville, it's worth the money. Yeah. But, all right, let's jump into let's let's talk about the AFC East now. Let's okay. let's jump into that division. Um, I think we share the bottom team here. I think we both have the Jets as the fourth team. I have them going two and fifteen. I have them at three and fourteen. I think we actually shared all four of where the teams landed at, but the records are a little bit different. Different, yeah. Um, for me, I just don't know if Robert Sala is a real coach. I don't know if. Zach Wilson is is a legit quarterback or if he's um, going to be healthy healthy I I like yeah I mean he's going to be injured week one they got Joe Flacco starting for him which is you know a little scary for me automatically um, becomes my probably my favorite well I mean it was already my favorite because Baltimore plays New, New York week one but like Baltimore gets to go to New Jersey and play Joe Flacco in a Jets jersey I'm I'm excited for that yeah 
Uh, yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I am a Ravens fan. I'm excited. This is a team that feels like is going to be bad this year and then might be better next year. Um, mm-hmm. They just feel like they're one step off right now. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of their pieces. I just don't know if I like the team overall. I love the offseason, but they need time to develop. Zach Wilson's injury doesn't help at all along the way. Um, but I I think they, they did well with Wilson. Like, I feel like they got their quarterback, whether you think so or not. They obviously felt like they got their quarterback. Yeah. They had Elijah Vera Tucker, who can play guard and tackle. You're, you were hoping that Mekhi Becton was going to be healthy for a year, but he just tore his ACL, so he's going to be out. They, they drafted well, but again, you can't bank on all four of your top four draft picks Hitting. being rookie of the year candidates. You know, yeah. like you could bank on one or two, but like there's no way that Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and uh, Jermaine Johnson and Sauce Gardner all just come out and play at an all pro level. Now, if right. it happens, look out. This team's kind of, this team might be kind of scary, but again, their schedule is just not easy along the way. They play the AFC North and the NFC North. And both of those divisions are, are not cakewalks at this point. So I don't I don't have any stats to back this. This might be one of the youngest rosters. Do you know how many players on offense they have that are over the age of thirty one? Um off the top of my head, I I couldn't tell you, but I can almost guarantee that the only starter that's over thirty one is probably on their offensive line. Yeah, so they've got Dwayne Brown, an OT tackle. Uh, yep. He's 36. They just signed him, yeah, to fill in for Beckton while he's out. And then Joe Flacco's 37. Everyone else on their offense is 31 years or younger. Wow, so. starters are not. <laughs> That's insane. Well, I mean, you look at their starting offense. Zach Wilson, <laughs> obviously. You have yeah. Brees Hall and Michael Carter, your two running backs were drafted in the last two years. Yep. Garrett Wilson's your top receiver. I mean, Becton and Vera Tucker would have been young. Like they, they probably have one of the youngest. Elijah teams. Moore, Denzel Sims, Corey Davis is only twenty-seven. Um, I guarantee you that they probably have the youngest core. Like if you were yeah. to just pick out five or six guys that you feel like is the For core sure. of your offense, that's they're by far and away the youngest. I would say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I like the talent. I just don't think this is the year that you see that kind of shine through. It might be next year. It might be with a different head coach too. So we'll headed in the right direction for sure. I agree. Um, third in that division. I have the Patriots going seven and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a team. I also have them going seven and 10. Okay. It's a team was- that they, they, they lose JC Jackson. It's not going to help you at all. You lose your offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels isn't going to help you at all. And it's just, it wasn't a team that really wowed you beforehand either. Losing yeah. Keel Harry obviously is going to be absolutely huge. He was such a big <laughs> part of their offense last year. But, I mean, they you add Devontae Parker, and you're like, okay, like, eh. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. But it's just – it's it's a team that – I don't know if there's a single player on that roster, offense or defense, that I'm like, wow, that guy is extremely talented. Like, Yeah, I think – And if there is, there's nobody under the age of 35 that has that title. <laughs> I, I think part of it is is like Mac Jones isn't going to take a huge step up. Um, Probably not. Yeah. You know, I think he'll be good. I just don't think he'll be that good. Um, I mean, I do like Stevenson. There's a lot of hype around him for fantasy purposes coming mm-hmm. into this year. Um, I don't. I don't know how how that'll work out. I mean, they have a million guys who are like number two wide receivers, so that always makes it tough. Um, I I don't know. 
this team just doesn't feel like it took the step in the right direction. I mean, drafting Cole Strong with your first uh, first round pick never typically is a great indication when people are like, oh, we were looking at him for a third rounder. So yeah. that was uh, a late day two guy. Yeah. And we took him in the first round. So it's panned out before because the same thing was said about Travis Frederick and he turned out to be a pro bowler. So yeah, you, it's panned out know. before, but again, there are, there were probably bigger needs that needed to be addressed at the end of the first round for the Patriots. And I think another big thing is like, just look at the off seasons for the rest of their division alone. Buffalo didn't need to get better. They're the best team in the division. They didn't really need to have a great off season to come into the season strong. The dolphins added to Ron Armstead and Tyree kill. The Jets had the best draft class out of anybody last year. And, yeah. and the Patriots added Devontae Parker and Cole Strange. So there's there's levels to those three, those four teams. We're like one of those teams where you look at like where we're strong and you go, man, that's really backwards. Like we probably have the best one two punch at tight end with Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith, right? And then you look at the defense, you go, what's the strong point of that defense? And you go, it's safety. Like we have Devin McCourty, Jabril Peppers, uh, Adrian Peterson, or Adrian Phillips, excuse me, and Kyle mm-hmm. Duggar. And you're like, man, that's a really good safety core. Well, too bad, like, safeties don't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like such a big role to try to, you know what I mean, fill anymore. So I, I it's just this team feels like it's going to underperform, especially without Josh McDaniels. And I mean, I love Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia is, is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Hopefully he can turn the ship around. I just, I can't say that with complete confidence. You know what I mean? That's, that's my problem right now. Yeah. It's one of the things that like, it's a team that needed to take a step forward. And I I won't say that they really took a step back, but there definitely was not a step forward taken at all. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was a tough one. Let's talk about the Dolphins. I have them going 12 and 5. I have them going 9 and 8. Still, obviously, obviously the, the two seed in each of this in the division. I have them finishing as the eight seed. They would just miss the playoffs um, behind my, my seven seed team. I also have them just missing the playoffs as an eight seed um, at 12 and 5, which is kind of crazy. But um, I, I like Tua. I view this team as kind of an early Kansas city team where they had, uh, they had Alex Smith and Alex Smith didn't have to play amazing to, for them to win games. You know what I mean? He was kind of like, he was able to manage the situation, get the ball in the hands of his weapons and kind of let them go from there. Um, and I think if he's able to do that, I think we'll be good. You know, I think that team will be pretty good. Uh, I think it'll be a formidable team. The only question that I really have is Mike McDaniel and how well Tua will actually play. Yeah, you have a you have a rookie head coach and and honestly kind of still a rookie quarterback at this point. I mean, he split snaps with Ryan Fitzpatrick all last year in big in big moments, small moments, start of the game, end of the game. Like they they kind of ran a two quarterback system all year last year. So we're, we we have to see what Tua is going to do. And and I love the one-two punch of Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, and getting the ball in your playmaker's hands and letting them go to work. But the the big a big question has always been how accurate can he throw the ball deep? And yeah. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are going to be effective. They're both extremely skilled route runners, and you get them into space, speed's always going to kill. But it does take away a level of their game if you can't put the ball sixty yards through the air down the field. So. I do. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's gonna. It's gonna really come down to how well is how accurately is Tua going to throw the football, 
And how creative is Mike McDaniel going to be on the offensive side to get your playmakers into space? Because if you go into the season knowing that Tua is not going to be able to push the ball down the field consistently, you as a head coach have to be like, all right, well, I've got to figure out how to get the guy that I just paid $30 million a year, the football, within the within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage a couple times a drive. How am right. I going to get Jalen Walls to do the same thing? Can I keep Raheem Mostert on the field? Like That's probably the fastest one, two, three punch in league history if they can keep Raheem Mostert healthy. But it's a team that's that can be scary. But again, it's not a team that I really want to bank on getting there right now with what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. That's and this is a team that feels like I feel like they take a step forward this year, and maybe next year they're they're a lot they more the formidable. Leap. Yeah, they take that leap. Um, I know we keep saying that. I feel like we say that with a lot of teams that we're like, man, this team's like a year away. But that's the beautiful part about the NFL is every season, the beginning of it, you're like, ah, we got a chance. We got a shot to make the playoffs. You know, we could be good. Um, But and that's just where the NFL, I think, in general is like, there's so much parity in the league right now where like it seems like just about everybody is getting better or they're already at the top of the mountain. We we started in the AFC. I think the AFC is deeper than the NFC. I think the NFC is more top heavy. I think the top teams in the NFC are really, really, really good teams. I just, I just think the AFC man, like you go all the way to like the 10th team or the 11th team. And you're talking about good football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. I think you could almost go to 12. This is this, the AFC to me feels like how the West used to be in the NBA where mm-hmm. you're like, man, you stick the eighth, the 10th best team in the West and you put it in the East and they're probably like a six seed. They're six, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like, man, that could be true with the AFC where you take like a team that misses the playoffs and you put them in the NFC and you're like, they probably make a playoff. They, they're probably a playoff team in that, in that yeah. side, you know, my, my 13 seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers who have never had a losing right. season under Mike Tomlin, possibly Outside yeah. of this year, obviously going into it, I have them lo- having a losing season, but have not had a losing season up to this point. That's my 13 seed in the AFC. Yeah, I yeah. could see the Steelers making the playoffs. I'm not going to bet on it, but it's possible. It's not out of the question for sure. And that's yeah. and that's the thing I'll say about this. To me, this side is a lot harder to predict how things are going to go, mm-hmm. just because there's so many unknown factors uh, and a lot of new you know, either quarterback offensive coordinator combos or quarterback head coach combos that it's really hard to judge. You know what I mean? Um, Whereas on the NFC, we saw less of that movement. So it's a little bit easier to go. Okay. I can see how that's going to play out. So um, best team in the division. We share this. I have the bills going 14 and three. I have them at 15 and two. Um, I probably would have had them at 16 and one, but their second loss comes to the Patriots in week 18. They, I would have them at 15-1 at that point. They have the one seed locked up. I would feel like they're going to rest their starters. So I have them losing that week that week 18 game. There's not much to talk about with Buffalo. We know how talented this team is. Where we're going to really have to decide what's going to happen with Buffalo is what's going to happen in our playoff predictions because that's where they they have – they're they're falling into the Ravens category of absolutely running the regular season and kind of like – not really getting the job done in the postseason at this point. Um, so, I mean, you have your star quarterback, you have your star receiver, you have your star tight end. You you added a running back late in the draft who you're hoping they can play by committee. You had the number one defense yardage-wise last year. I mean, this, this team is built to, to go the distance already. Yeah. 
I, I think the only thing that scares me about this team is Ken Dorsey taking over OC for Brian Dayball. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much value he, he had there. Um, that's the only thing I don't like about Sean McDermott is he's a defensive coach. I think he's a great head coach. Um, I just think, you know, when you lose your OC, like you can kind of go in waves of how good you can be. Um, I st- I just think Josh Allen is so talented and they have so much talent on that roster that it's not going to hold them back from being a playoff team. I just think it might not be as smooth as everybody thinks. I think Josh Allen's going to be an MVP candidate for sure, though. 100%, yeah. I'd be shocked if he wouldn't at this time. Um, I, I there's there's not much you need to say about this team. I mean, yeah. we we know exactly what we're gonna get with this team. The the real talk about the Bills will come in the third episode when we talk about the playoffs. Playoffs, yeah, for sure. Let's jump into the AFC North now. Bring it um, on. My fourth team, I have them. The Browns, I have them going four and thirteen. I have the Browns at five and 12, so not too yeah. far off. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson's officially suspended for 11 games now. Mm-hmm. Um, first time we recorded it, it was six. Um, so uh, I, we, we don't have to get into the punishment. I think we both agree that it wasn't enough. Um, yep. it, it just isn't good. As far as how it affects the Browns season, I, I really like uh, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if he's a backup quarterback that's going to – jump in and then, you know, help you go six and five with, with when your starters out 11 games. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I don't have them winning a ton of games down the stretch. Like I have them winning three of their five games with Deshaun, but they, as much as he opens the year, his year will be the Texans in week 13. They play the Bengals and the Ravens the two weeks after. So like, he's going to get a stark introduction to the AFC North in the two games after his return to Houston. Um, yeah. And then I have them beating the Saints, the the Commanders, and the Steelers down the stretch. But I agree. And, and honestly, like, I'm kind of surprised that I had them this low because as much as I don't feel like Jacoby Brissett or if they trade for Jimmy G or whoever the starting quarterback ends up being for the first 11 games of the year, this roster is extremely talented, right? Like, I mean, they added Amari Cooper. They still have David Njoku. The running game is as good as it's ever going to be. The offensive line's still there. The defense is talented. Like, if there's ever a team that's like plug and play a top five quarterback and watch this team go win a Super Bowl, this Browns roster is the roster. Yeah. But surprisingly, we still both had them sitting this low. And I think it's just the organization. It just yeah. it it it's it's the Browns. And I I said this last year. I said it two years ago when the hype train started. At the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns are going to be the Cleveland Browns. And until that statement is proven untrue, I'm going to continue to say it, and I'm going to continue to live by it. And right now, the Cleveland Browns haven't proved anything. If anything, they've proved that tra- that statement more true by all the moves that they've made with Deshaun Watson, giving him all the guaranteed money before everything was on the table from the lawsuits. The Browns, if anything, have proved that point more this offseason than against it. And I don't know. I feel like the Browns get credit for having a really talented roster. And sometimes I look at this roster. I'm like, who's wide receiver two? Like, I, I don't think I know the answer to that just yet. Yeah, um, I think losing Jarvis Landry is definitely going to hurt them in the long run. 
Yeah, and I like David Njoku, but he's one of those tight ends that we sit here and every year we go, no, no, this is the year. He's going to play really, really good this year. He's falling into the Evan Ingram category. He is very, very quickly. He's a 26-year-old, and and this year there's no excuses because there's no Austin Hooper to block him at this point. So this has got to be his year. Yeah, that's the one thing is I feel like that the development was stunted by bringing Austin Hooper in in front of him. And again, and it feels like another year where it's going to be like, well, he didn't have a he didn't have Deshaun for the first eleven games, so he may get a pass this year as well. But if anything, Jacoby Brissett loved throwing the ball to Jack Doyle in Indianapolis. So if it ends up being Jacoby Brissett for the first eleven games, like that's that's where Najoku needs to have the best eleven games of the year is when you're going to be the safety net for a quarterback. That's where you have to show up. But the Browns are just. They're still, I mean, they're still the Browns, five and twelve. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I have them at too. Uh, finishing third in the division, I have the Steelers going seven and ten. I have them at six and eleven. Um, yeah, it's it still doesn't feel right. As much as I love looking at it as a Ravens fan and being like, yes, six and eleven. It's just seeing a Mike Tomlin losing season doesn't feel right because it's never happened. Um, it. It's so hard because Kenny Pickett feels somewhat similar to Mac Jones in the fact that he feels like he's going to play well this year. I just don't know if the roster surrounding him is going to be good enough to like carry them to that point. You know what I mean? And is he going to be the starter come week one? Because as of right now, he's not. I I would be shocked if it's not Kenny Pickett. I mean, he's play, he played pretty well in the in the excuse me in the uh, what am I trying to say here in the preseason game. Mm-hmm. I, I would be thoroughly surprised if it's not him. It's definitely going to be him or Mitch. I don't think I, the fact that they're still like looping Mason Rudolph into the competition is. Yeah, it's over for absolutely him. hilarious to me, but I, I agree with you. Like the off the issue was last year was obviously big Ben outside of that. Their secondary need was offensive line and they yeah. did absolutely nothing to address it in the off season. Um, so, I mean, the defense will be good. I don't think the weapons are terrible. Najee Harris is going to do his thing on the ground. Uh, Deontay Johnson solidified himself as like a top 15 guy last year. And Chase um, Claypool still, who knows? You know, waiting, he for the could step, be good. waiting for the step forward again because he came out and surprised us. And then we're like, all right, build on it. And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. And yeah. so, so George Pickens is apparently having a, an amazing training camp. So who knows? He could be another Steelers wide receiver who ends up balling out again. And it's the, the issue that comes down to it is especially when you have unproven quarterback play, Mason Rudolph's not proven. Mr. Trubisky has bounced to three teams for a reason. Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback in the first rounder, but it's still a question mark. Those guys are not going to play well behind a bad offensive line. I think that's what this season is going to come down to. Now, if that offensive line comes out and they just have have worked on it and just gotten that much better as a unit in the offseason and improved on the field instead of by improving by adding or drafting people, then this team could take the step forward. But that's where where it lies at right now because you could have a, a great trio of receivers in a solid run game. It doesn't mean anything if your quarterback's going to be under duress in the first two seconds of every snap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This this team, it's just so hard to, to put my thumb on. You just don't know what you're going to get out of Kenny Pickett. And mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't. You don't know. You don't know what you're going to get out of Mitch either. Whoever the starter is is a yeah. question mark at this point. Yeah, and that's that's what's holding me back from this team. The offensive line is also a question mark. It's it's impossible to predict how good an offensive line is going to be going into the year. Um, so so that's that's why we have him sitting at third outside of the playoffs. Um, second place in this division for me is the Ravens at twelve and five. I have the Bengals at third in my in my spot at twelve and five. Second, uh, you mean? Yes, second. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, where did you have the Bengals finishing at for first? Did you have them at thirteen Thir- and four? Or? Thirteen and four. That's where I have Baltimore at it, at the one spot at thirteen and four. So, yeah. what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let, let's let's go into Cincy. Um, okay. I mean, you have them making the playoffs, yeah? Yeah, they're the, my sixth seed in the playoffs. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so I have the Bengals as my third seed and the Ravens as my seventh seed. Okay. Um, just to me, the way that that I see this is, I don't think this team's going to be super affected by the Super Bowl hangover effect. Um, I like a lot of the the pieces that they went out and got. I I already liked this team to begin with, and then the things that they went and added to it, I also feel like I still like. Um, I don't think they're going to be as affected because the team is so young, which sounds they weren't just, supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to be. The yeah, thing. they overachieved last year. So I feel like they're going to be affected less this year by it. I would agree. Um, so I, I had them finishing second at 12 and five. And the reason the switch for me comes just purely off schedule, because when you look at what this team has sitting in front of them, the first nine games, I don't think are too difficult. Um, they're going to play the Browns without Deshaun Watson. They're going to play Baltimore once. They'll play Miami, Dallas. Like, there's there's not really a hard game in the first nine. The Saints, if the defense is really going to be that good, possibly. The issue that I have is they have their week 10 bye. They're going to come out and play the Steelers, which any game in, inside the AFC North is never going to be a pushover game. They have the Titans, which I don't think is going to be crazy. The issue I really have is 13 to 18. They play the Chiefs, the Browns with Deshaun Watson, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens. It's not an easy run to end on by any stretch. And I think the division is going to be decided in week 18, I think. Um, So I I do agree. I like what the Bengals kind of did in the offseason. The defense I still feel like is where – the question mark lies for me. The offensive line, I feel like they did well to address it. It is extremely hard for your defense to overachieve two years in a row. And I think Matt Ryan could tell you that plenty from how many Atlanta defenses he saw be really, really good one year and really, really bad the next year. Yeah. I um, mean, they, they went heavy on defense this year in the draft. So we'll, I feel we'll like see. the corners were where they needed help at, and that's the one spot they did not address at all. They took uh they took the kid out of Nebraska. Um oh god. In the in second the, round. In the second round, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's he's a I I don't I think he's like uh he's considered like a deep he's like one of those defensive backs where he's not Yeah, like, he plays both. He can play both, but yeah, I they, they I mean they kind of went after a corner. I mean, a little bit of offensive line help would have been better, but um I think they addressed that in free agency well enough. Yeah, um, I was about to say they added some good pieces in free agency where it wasn't such a need. But I mean, we we both have them at twelve and five, thirteen and four. It's a game of yeah. piece which decides you between the three seed and the six slash seven seed. Um, yeah, it, it's a talented team. I'm not looking forward to watching Baltimore play them twice a year. 
and I'm not looking forward to possibly matching up a third time in the postseason if that were to happen. So. Happen, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Baltimore. Um, part of the reason I have this team making kind of a jump, not because of anything they added necessarily, um, but just because of the fact that like they're getting everyone back healthy, so they'll immediately be better than they were last year. Yeah, I think the stars are kind of aligning right now for Baltimore this year. The stars aligned in 2019. It was a great season. Unanimous MVP for Lamar. Everything was there. And I don't think the stars are going to align that well again, but I see them aligning better than they were last year for sure. And I think better than the year before as well. Um, The schedule is not super tough. They're, they're healthy. They haven't had an injury in training camp yet. Just knock on wood now. Um, and they they added probably when you take like position value out of it, they probably got two of the top five most talented guys in the first round in Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Lindebaum. So yeah. they, they drafted well per usual. They're getting healthy and hopefully can stay healthy. It's all gonna ride on play calling this year. And yeah, the we know how good they are on the ground. It's it's been documented statistically it's been documented with video i mean anything baltimore runs the ball well it's it's a known fact at this point and what can they do without hollywood at re, at receiver because hollywood brown was ninth in the league in targets last year and came out in a press conference yesterday and said he didn't feel like he was involved in the offense enough which, which is crazy what tells you is is that there's a different answer, but I'm not allowed to say it because it's unprofessional. And that's the play calling. And Greg Roman just didn't work. And it just doesn't fit the play style because the issue was Hollywood would get 15 targets one week and then he'd get three the next week. Yeah. And, and, and that's it, that it becomes an issue after a while. And it's a team that I think is that's, that's gotta be the two limiting factors are injuries and play calling for Baltimore this year. And, Eventually, they're going to have to figure it out. Um, I'm hoping that this is the year they kind of do it. They have they went into the offseason and kind of retooled the roster to kind of put it back to what it was in 2019, running a lot of three tight end sets, a couple four tight end sets here and there, relying heavily on the run game and, and relying on the tight ends more for pass catching than the receivers. So I, I think the stars are aligning for Baltimore. I think it's going to be a good year for them. Um. I definitely think it's a playoff team. Now, whether they're the three seed or the seven seed, it's all going to come down to a game or two. They play in the second hardest division of football. And, and that's, it, it's very close. It's, it's hard to call those last two to three games. So, yeah, the thing I'll say too, is Lamar Jackson still hasn't signed that contract. So mm-hmm. I'm going to count him as kind of being in a faux contract year and typically that makes you play better. You know what I mean? You're going to mm-hmm. play pissed off. You're going to play like you have something to play for. He's playing for his money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw Joe Flacco when he did this with the Ravens. He won a Super Bowl, right? Yep. So I, I think he's going to play good because he has to, right? Otherwise, he's not going to get paid and and he could end up playing somewhere else next year, question mark. I mean, he'll probably get franchise tag if anything. Yeah, but I do think the tag will come out, but it's it's – I'll, I'll let you go before I continue. Sorry, I was going to spin. No, 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 you're good. You. Go for it. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm almost worried that he won't re-sign in Baltimore because of the play calling. Because I think he knows how good of a passer he is. And is he uh, the best arm in the league? No, not by a long shot. But 
I think he knows that he's a better arm than what he's been able to showcase. And as much as this offense has allowed him to to blossom and grow and do the one thing that he does better than anybody else in the league, I think it's also holding him back from showing how good of a passer he can be at this point. Mm-hmm. Because it's getting to the point where like people are like, man, I just don't know how well he could throw the football. And it's not his fault that we haven't seen that yet. We right. haven't seen it because they haven't given him the shot outside of one primetime game against Indianapolis. By the way, he threw for 430 yards, four touchdowns, and a comeback win in that game. So it's it's been there, but the play calling has just been so inconsistent. It's not that it's always bad. It's just that sometimes they go down 3 nothing, throw the run game out the window, and make them throw 55 times. And there's some times where they're holding a 14-point lead against the Chiefs, and they decide to run the ball from the second quarter on no matter what happens. And you can't protect a lead against that explosive of an off. You can't go passive against the Chiefs. It doesn't work. Right. And they were lucky to squeak out the win last year in week three against the Chiefs. It's just the the play calling has just not been good in big spots. So that's that's the decision maker for me this year. I can see them winning. I can see Baltimore winning 15 games. I can see them winning nine games. It's It's a very... It's a very tough division. It's a very tough conference to play in right now. Yeah, this is a team that, like, I think if they they get hot at the end of the year, this is a team I think OBJ would think about for sure. Hundred percent. Because it was there was connections last year to like, hey, maybe he'll come here. But this is a team that if he comes on, he's the number one wide receiver immediately. No doubt about it. So, all right, are you ready to talk about the most fascinating division that we have left? I think not only the most fascinating division we have left, possibly the most fascinating division I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this this division, man, is is exciting. So absolutely unreal. Let's uh, let's jump into it. Who do you have as your four seed? My four seed, I have the Denver Broncos finishing at seven and ten. I have them going nine and eight, but okay. they are also my my fourth seed here. Um, we we talked about this a little bit with Matt Ryan. Um, this might be the worst wide receiving core Russell Wilson has had. Um, it's probably the deepest, but it's the the talent at the top is probably the worst it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, look at the weapons Seattle now has. I mean, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both of them would be the best wide receiver on this team, in my opinion. Hundred um, percent. No, that's not your. That's just a fact. So, I mean, the the hype around this team is okay, well, Jerry Judy's going to have a great year. Um, Tim Patrick got hurt, so he's out now. Um, there's just a lot of like, well, and we're also assuming Bill Hackett, is that his name? What's his name? Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, thank you. I knew it was something like that. And we're also going, okay, he's going to step up and have a really good year this year too. And you're like, man, we're we're asking for a lot of components to all come together at once here, you know? Yeah. Uh, not only that too much for me. Yeah. And not only that, you're asking him to do it in the toughest division of football. Like, yeah, if there's ever a tougher six games that a team is automatically going to have on their schedule, there's not a tougher six games in the league. Um, You're adding a, a Super Bowl MVP once upon a time, but I'm not going to say the last couple of years in, in Seattle have been Russell Wilson's fault, but he hasn't looked great. A lot of the times. So I'm, I'm not going to pin it on him. I'm not going to pin it fully on Seattle. There's a question mark to me with Russell Wilson's play. Like I know what he can be, 
but I also have seen what the low end is going to look like, and I wasn't super uh, – I wasn't a fan of it. So it's just yeah. everybody else in this division just got better than they did. They added Russell Wilson. The other – two of the other three teams added two Pro Bowlers, and the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. So the the other thing that I'll add to that too that's crazy to me is like – this defense was great last year, but the problem mm-hmm. is you remove Vic Vangio, who, regardless of what you thought of him as a head coach, is an amazing defensive coordinator, right? 100%. He's proved, he proved that in Chicago. He's proved that again in Denver. So I don't know if the defense is going to play to the level that everyone else thinks they're going to play to. The the thing the reason I feel like they can is just because I do feel like they're just purely that talented. As yeah. much as the scheme helped uh, the, the biggest thing to me is going to be how healthy your edge rusher is going to be. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the bigger part of it is the same issue they had with when it was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb versus now being Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory is, can they be healthy at the same time? Yeah. Cause I feel like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller shared a locker room for like three years and probably shared the field like four times. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't much. They, I mean, Bradley Chubb got hurt. He gets hurt a lot. Yeah, and the, the times that he was healthy, Von Miller was out with with his shoulder issues. So it's it's hit or miss here or there. The reason that I have them as the four seed is just because I believe that the three teams ahead of them are just better. That's the end of the day. I don't have a ton to poke holes in yeah. this roster. It's just this this team is the only team, or I guess they have a rookie head coach just like the Raiders do, but. I'm just I, I like where the other three teams are at more. McDaniel's is technically not a rookie head coach. That's true. He's a he's a he's a new head. He's the first year being with that team. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, third place. Who do you got? I have the Chargers being the third place in my di- in this division, going eleven and six. I have the Raiders as my third place team, going twelve and five. Um. Let's we can talk about the Chargers. Um, I have them. I have the Chargers going thirteen and four. I have them finishing second place in this division. Uh, okay. With the with the Raiders being your three seed, are they a, are they a playoff team still or no? They are. Yep. So okay. the Chargers are fifth, and the Raiders are the sixth seed in the playoffs. Okay. In mine, I have the Raiders are my third place, but they're the seventh seed at eleven and six. I have the Raiders at twelve and five as the five seed on my side. Um. Wait, so we'll talk. Oh, you have the wait. What? So you have I, the Raiders finishing where? Second. Sorry, second in the division. You said yeah. third, and I was like, my brain was like, wait a minute. Okay, so you have the Raiders. So we just have them basically flip flopped. Um, yeah. To me, let's let's talk about the Chargers first. Uh, okay. I like every piece they added this offseason. Um, I think adding Khalil Mack to the other side of Joey Bosa is really smart. I think bringing J.C. Jackson, who is a a number one corner in the league. Really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, they got big names, but they got them at, I feel like a value price somewhat. I mean, they paid JC Jackson crazy, but they gave up not much to get Khalil Mack. Um, no, their, so, their value for the level of talent that they got. Yeah. Is what I can say. And this is a team like we've talked about with some of these teams where they're like, okay, they take a baby step this year and maybe a big step next year. This is a team that's ripe to take their big step this year. Uh, Justin Herbert absolutely balled out last year. Uh, played just about as well as you can ask, you know, a quarterback in his second year to play. So uh, 
I, I really, really, really like this team. I think this team is going to be, if it were me, this is not a team I'd want to face. Um, no, not at all. And honestly, if I had to pick a roster that I was most, this might be the roster that I'm most in love with on yeah. both sides of the ball at this point. Cause at, at every single spot, most of the time, like you're like, okay, who's their top corner? You're like, okay, who's the running mate? You're like, wow. Even if you're like, wow, that's a really good pair. Who's the guy in the slot? And you're like, this is a team where like, I look at the slot and I'm like, holy cow, they have a slot guy too. So they, I love the additions that they made in the offseason. Like you said, Justin Herbert obviously is going to continue to play the, the brand of football he plays. Austin Eckler has continued to take a step forward. You have your great one-two punch at receiver. They added Jalen Guyton, who's their – their electric third kind of, you know, wild card. Yeah. Gerald Everett's a great receiving tight end. The offensive lines held together really well. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack is your one, two. They added two or three run stoppers to play in the middle next to Jerry Tillery at a low price in the off season. So they have their rotation up front in the front seven. They have JC Jackson as their one Asante Samuel jr. Play out of his mind and above his draft position last year. They added Bryce Callahan, who's probably a top five slot corner in the game. They just paid Derwin James, and they still have Nasir Adderley at their other. Like, this team is set. The reason, again, that I have them falling short, the the, the switch here, because you had them at two in this division, and I had them at three. The flip comes to me, comes down to Brandon Staley. And mm-hmm. I think I think he's the biggest question in this This. The, factor the play calling in big games and there was no team that suffered more in the last two years even when they had anthony lynn as their head coach that suffered more in close games than the chargers fans have suffered in close games in the last two years this team i if i i don't know the stat off the top of my head i am willing to bet a decent amount of money that if the chargers aren't one they're close to one for most one possession losses in the last two years or most game-winning drives allowed whatever stat you want to attach to it it's been a heartbreaking two years for Chargers fans. So I think they finally get into the playoffs this year, but that's the separation for me from two to three is is off Brandon Staley's play calling and how fourth quarters are going to roll out for this team. I, I just want to read you some stats here to give you, like, I feel like this is going to sound crazy. Justin Herbert, to me, is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. And I know that sounds ludicrous, but like, let me read you his stats from last year. 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and a QBR rating of 65.6. Yards, he was second. Touchdowns, he was third. QBR, he was third. I I don't feel like people are talking about him as a top three kind of quarterback, and he's putting up numbers like he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he threw 15 interceptions this year or last year. That's something I expect this year to come down slightly. Um, you know, if anything, if he can get that turnover rate down, I think his defense is going to give him more opportunities. And and if he gives the other team less opportunities, I think we're going to see less of those close games. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's the biggest thing that your chargers can do this year to write the ship is don't, don't let a game be decided by seven points or less. Yeah. Get, get a 14 point cushion with three minutes left and go win the game. That's if the Chargers want success, I think that's how it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I mean, they keep Mike Williams, they keep Keenan Allen, who I know you love Keenan Allen. You're you're a truther on him. Um, yeah. I, I just think this team this team's got potential. You know, I I really I really really feel that way. 
Yeah, I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. It's just, again, I like the Raiders more. I don't know yeah. what it is. I just do. Let's let's talk about the Raiders. Um, this is a team that's really intriguing to me. Uh, I like Josh McDaniels. I really do uh, as a longtime Patriots fan. I think he was too young in his first head coaching job. So I think this is a great second opportunity for him. Uh, I I. I kind of, and this is going to sound crazy. I envision this being like a, you know, a Randy Moss Patriots team, you know, with the amount of talent that they have on that roster yeah. that McDaniels is going to be able to take them to that next step. And I don't think they're going like 18 and 0 or anything crazy like that, but I think Derek Carr is going to have a really, really big year this year. I think he has to at this point. Uh, I don't, I, I think if this, if, it's crazy that I think all four of these teams in this division are disappointed if they don't make the playoffs at this point. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and they're it, all they're all very well could be Super Bowl contenders at the same time. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's you. You couldn't have said it any better. Um, when you look at this Raiders roster again, it's another thing where like you just there's not a ton of holes to be filled. Um. Derek Carr, obviously, they add Devontae Adams in the offseason. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. That's probably the all weapons, tight ends and receivers included. I think this is probably the best one, two, three punch in the league with it's Adams, Renfro, sure. and Waller. It's got to be in the top five, if not the top three. Off the top of my head, I'd probably put them at one. Um, and then, not the to off- mention, you throw in the running backs in there of JL Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Who I think Drake is going to have a big step up this year, but. Hundred percent. I think, I think Jacobs is going to keep his job because of McDaniel's. I think McDaniel's likes his bowling ball guys, but at the same time, he loves his receiving backs. So I think I, both yeah. are going to be extremely involved. And Zamir White is just a question mark to throw right in the middle. So they have a a very talented running back room to boot with the weapons. They add Chandler Jones on the side to pair with Max Crosby, who's coming off a career year. They add Jay and Brown, who's going to be solid, probably their best linebacker this year. And then Nate Hobbs played above his talent level last year or above his draft position as a rookie. Rocky Sin played well in Indy. And then Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Mooring are, are probably one of the better young safety combos in the league. So this, I just, I really like where this team is at. And I think that they could do a lot of things on both sides of the ball very well. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to really, really like about this team. There is. Um, the thing that concerns me the most about this team is just Josh McDaniel. Like, I don't know how he's going to piece this roster together and what it's going to look like at the end of the day. You know, um, I think it might take some time for everybody to learn this offense because, uh, I mean, look at like New England struggled with wide receivers because the offense was so complicated and so hard to learn. I think there might be a little bit growing pain early in the season for the Raiders for everyone to kind of figure out that roster or that playbook. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. Um, I just I don't know what it is, man. The black and silver just looks good to me this year. Yeah, and they very, they very well could be. Um Let's talk about who we have first in the division. I have the Kansas City Chiefs going 14 and 3. I have them at 13 and 4. Surprise, surprise. As much as everybody, you know, goes on ESPN, talks about them being the third best team in this division. And as much as me sitting here saying that I feel like they may be the third most talented team in this division, uh, it, it pays dividends when you have number 15 in red on your team. Um, I mean, there's there's not much else you could say about it. The Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is on the field. I, it sounds so crazy, but like, 
the way that they tried to fill the production of Tyreek Hill, it makes sense to me, you know, and that's that probably sounds nuts, right? You're like, I think they're going to come out ahead. I, I, they almost might because I, it sounds nuts, but like between, you know, I, everyone's kind of like, eh, who knows about Skymore? I, I can see that. Sure. I, I don't know. But between Scanley and Juju, I think you're going to just see like this offense is going to be more spread out than it ever has been. I mean, you keep Travis Kelsey, who's your centerpiece. I, I just like some of the pieces in the way that this roster's kind of fallen together. Um, and, and they've won the division the last six years. So yeah, it's to me, it's one of those things until I see someone go and take it from them. I'm not going to buy that. It's possible, you know? Now, and if there's ever been a year where there's teams prepared to take it from him, it's this year. And I think all three teams have a chance to take it from the chiefs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I almost like as much as I was like, how do you not budget Tyree kill into your future plans going forward? I think they're going to come out ahead because it became such a crutch at certain points last year. Yeah. Where in crunch time and even at the start of the game, there seemed to be only two guys that Patrick Mahomes knew how to throw the ball to. And it was Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. So I think it's, it's going to be good for all parties. Tyree kill got paid. He could go be the one in Miami. Travis Kelsey is still in town. He's going to be a top three, top two tight end in the league. You have Sky Moore that's coming in. Juju's looking on his redemption arc. Marquez Valdez-Scanling is looking to step out of the Green Bay shadow, playing with another great quarterback. McCall Hardman's trying to take the step forward. They just have the right guys, I think, to do the job and spread the ball out, like you said. They're going to be able to move in so many different directions. And if there's ever a team that's going to get creative with all those new guys that they got to play around with, it's going to be Andy Reid and the Chiefs. So – it's just a team, defense be damned, that is just going to be fun to watch again. And yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's so hard to bet against a team that's won the division six straight years in a row. It's so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to bet against Andy Reid. And again, with a, you know, a, a new head coach in Vegas in McDaniels, a young head coach in, in Brandon Staley. And a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, I think the experience of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together and separately is going to be the thing that is going to carry this team. This is a division that's like three games is probably going to decide whether you're fourth best or you're the best in this division. Yeah. And if there's a team that's best set up head coach and quarterback wise to win those three or four games, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I I was just about to say, like, if you look at the way we've been talking, we've been talking about head coach and quarterback so much here that Mm -hmm. if, yeah, if I look at this division, to me, I kind of fell in place of how I would rank the head coach quarterback combo. You know what I mean? I think this division speaks greatly to how I would, how I would, you know what I mean? How I view that position and how I see everything playing out. So, um, I, I just like the Chiefs, and until I see someone beat them, I just can't. I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I thought last year they were cooked. Like, I mean, week six, yeah. seven, I was like, man, th- these guys are done. They're not making the playoffs. It's over. Yeah, even and, if they do, they're they're scraping in, and it's not going to look pretty in the game and, that they play. And Patrick Mahomes found a way, man. So, I mean, he's my true number one quarterback. So, hundred percent. Until I see somebody take it from him, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to see it. So. Let's uh why don't you run us through your seating for the AFC real quick? Okay. Before I get to that, 
I've mm-hmm. obviously being in Kansas, we have a lot of Chiefs fans that are going to listen. Mm-hmm. Here's my word of advice. Now, again, we may sit here and say that you're going to go 13 4, you're going to win this division. There is an ever so chance that you're going to go 12 and 5 and be third in this division. There's a chance that you go 11 and 6 and you're fourth in this division. Take everything with a grain of salt. Realize that there is a reason that these that that people are underestimating you. And it's not even that. It's just the division got that much better. So take that and just be silent for a year. I love, I love all my all my buddies that are KC fans. They've become extremely spoiled very quickly. This is your chance to kind of sit back, let everybody get super high on the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chargers. And just sit back and enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play football because at the end of the day, you have the best quarterback in the game and you are the only fan base in the league that gets to say that. And you could sit back, watch him go to work. And even if you don't win the division, I'm still probably going to bet on this team to win that playoff game and make it to the next round over the other three teams in this division. So just sit back, relax, and just know that at the end of the day, who cares if people think – that the Broncos and everybody else is going to have a better defense. and They're going to win the division over you. I would still, if you ask me to bet money on a team winning the Super Bowl out of this division, the Chiefs are still my number one pick. Yeah. Whether they win the division or not. So uh, my seeding in the AFC, I have the Bills as my one seed. The Chiefs are my two seed. Baltimore wins the AFC North as the three seed. The Colts are the four seed and my three Wildcard teams are going to be the Raiders as the five seed, the Bengals as the six seed, and the Chargers as my seventh seed. And uh, the Dolphins just miss out at nine and eight on the outside as my eight seed. For me, I have the Chiefs as the one seed, the Bills as the two seed, the Bengals as the three, Jaguars as the four, Chargers at the five, Raiders at the six, Ravens at the seven. And. Um, I got to hear your missed out because I know that the Dolphins were 12 and five and missed. Yeah. Dolphins are on the outside at 12 and five. Who's my nine? Uh, the Broncos just miss out at nine and eight. So those are, those are my outside looking in. And then 10 is like the Colts at eight and nine. So. Yeah. I dropped to seven and 10 right at my nine seed. So I'm not going to dig into them because there's, I think there's quite literally four, if not five, seven and 10 teams that I have in the AFC. So. That's uh, that's our AFC playoff or our AFC record predictions is the best way to put it. So we will circle back to the AFC and talk about them, their playoff race in episode three. We're going to get the NFC record predictions to you as soon as we can. Um, scheduling be damned. It's been a, it's been a busy couple weeks for us, both individually and together. So yeah. um, we got I our think- vac. Go ahead. Yeah, got our vacations out of the way. I think Thursday will probably be our regular day of posting again, mm-hmm. I would imagine, going forward in the regular season. Yeah, I um, think Thursday is probably our, our time spot. The preseason may be a little bit everywhere, just you know, getting the kinks back out and getting back yeah. into the groove of things. But um, vacation's out of the way. We're getting inventory out of the way this week. Um, so hopefully things go a little bit back towards normal going forward. So. That's going to do it for for episode one of the Owen Show for this 2022-2023 NFL season, or preseason, I guess. Anything you want to add for the people before we get out of here? Nothing. Uh, I'm excited for another season of football. Yeah, 100%. I'm glad, not that it ever left our heads at all. I'm glad we get to sit down and talk about it again. For sure.
Um, make sure you go follow us on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K, and also go follow Tim on Twitter at Pisswarm Takes. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be tweeting. Uh, the links for the shows and everything will be out there, and uh, we'll probably get back to doing our poll of the week, hopefully as well. So that's where you can keep up to date with all the news and just kind of our random sports postings along the way. So with that, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys next week.